binge drinkers generally seem to have talked themselves out of the fact that they have a drinking problem. They often see themselves as normalish drinkers because it has been normalized in society. And so for me, one of the turning points was really self-responsibility for a drinking problem and that binge drinking is as much of a problem as other um, alcohol use disorders. And I think once binge drinkers realise that, that actually helps them to take steps to start to look at their own patterns of drinking. Welcome to the Tribe. This is your weekly podcast from Tribe Sober. Whether you're already sober, striving to be sober, or just plain sober curious, you need a tribe. You need a tribe because it's so hard to do this alone. You need a tribe because you need support. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've got your back. Here at Tribe Sober, we have people at all stages of the journey, all helping each other to stay on track. On this podcast, we've got recovery stories to inspire you, experts to inform you, and plenty of advice on how to ditch the drink and change your life. So here's your host, tribe leader, Janet Gorond. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tribe Sober podcast, episode 150. My name is Janet Gorond. I'm the founder of Tribe Sober, and I'm your host for this podcast. Here at Tribe Sober, we help people to change their relationship with alcohol and then to go on and actually thrive in their alcohol-free lives. And over the last seven years, we've helped hundreds of people to do just that. I learned recently that only 10% of podcasters managed to publish more than 100 episodes. So today, I wanted to mark the fact that Tribe Sober Podcast is still going strong after 150 episodes. Yes, it's hard work getting out a weekly episode, but it's also been such a pleasure connecting with some fabulous guests from all over the world and, of course, getting feedback from our listeners. So a big thank you to our podcast guests and listeners alike. So to mark our 150th episode, I've taken a deep dive into our podcast archives and highlighted the top 10 most popular episodes. So if you're new to the podcast, you might be inspired to listen to those episodes in full. Or if you're a regular listener, then you may decide to have another listen to some of them. So let's start with our countdown. We're starting at number 10. So at number 10, we've got three podcasts with 1,700 downloads. Yes, and the amazing thing is that our brain was designed to look for food. That's what we don't understand is how hard it was for our ancestors just to stay alive. And they looked constantly for food. And when they found it, their happy chemicals turn on, not to make them happy, but to wire in, oh, so this is what I need to do. This is the path. This is the step. That's how you get the need met. That's what our happy chemicals were designed for, not for sitting on the couch and calling the pizza guy. So there you heard from Dr. Loretta Broining, author of a book called The Happy Brain. I always learn such a lot from my guests and my conversation with Loretta led me to a personal light bulb moment, which actually changed the advice that we give to our community. It's common to experience a low mood in early sobriety. 
a spell of anhedonia, to give it the more formal name. It certainly happened to me, and I used to think it was just a case of ploughing through it, gritting your teeth and getting through it. But Loretta taught me that that wasn't the case. We don't have to just grit our teeth and get through this difficult patch. There is a way out. There's a way to trigger our happy chemicals and banish those early sobriety blues. It's fascinating stuff and it really works. So do have a listen to the interview. It's Tribe Sober Podcast, episode 55 on Apple Podcasts, or I'll put the link to each of these podcasts in the show notes. I never thought I'd be someone who would get so much um, value from being in an online support group. I kind of think I'm the wrong generation. It's not going to work for me. But I made a conscious decision to um, post twice a day and comment in the early days to comment on other people's posts. And you read stuff from people. You think this woman has seen into my soul. This person absolutely understands what I've gone through. And that's been a huge revelation to me. Another episode that came in at joint 10th place with 1,700 listens was the episode called Take a Break. Three tribe members talking about the benefits of taking a break from the booze. We believe in challenges here at Tribe Sober. Every year we run two hashtag Sober 66 challenges as well as our Dry January fundraiser. On this episode, we hear from three ladies who did a 66-day sober spring. Why did they sign up? What was it like? What tips do they have? What benefits did they experience? So have a listen to Claire, Helena and Pam. And if you're inspired, you can go to tribesober.com and sign up for the next hashtag Sober66, which starts on the 20th of March. All the info is on our homepage. And you can find this episode on Apple Podcasts, Tribe Sober episode 75, or via the link in the show notes. Wine went from being uh, wine in a bottle to an industry that has been pinkified, that has been marketed to us as our me time. And because it's been marketed to us, and that's the story we've bought into as a body of women, we don't question our drinking. We do not ask the relevant question. And the relevant question is, is not, you know, am I an alcoholic? Dear Professor Google, what are the statutory units I should be drinking in a week to stay from compass mentis? The question is really, can I sustain my life healthily and happily while drinking this amount? The third episode at number 10 is my interview with the fabulous Susan Christina from Odlo Sober. Susan Christina is on a mission to rebrand sobriety and make alcohol-free living as attractive and glamorous as we all thought drinking was. She's an advocate for the modern recovery movement and she wants women to take back their power. Put down your glass and take back your power, she says. Susan Christina publishes a gorgeous 100-page free online magazine called Ola Sober. It's packed with features and inspiration. I'll put the link in the show notes. So the episode with Susan Christina is called Rebranding Sobriety, episode 67 on Apple Podcasts or via the link in the show notes. You know, I 
think of alcohol like a magnet. When you're really close to it, when you're on day two or day four or day seven, the pull is so strong to drink. And as you get to day eight and 10 and 16 and 30, it becomes so much less. And so you really need to just start building up those consistent days away from alcohol and not have your screw it moment where you're just like, oh God, this is too hard. I'm just going to drink. Because like you said, Janet, you're just doing the hardest part all over again. And you're basically going back to have that magnet pull be so strong and struggling to get away from it again. So working our way up the top 10, the next episode is an interview that I did with sobriety coach Casey Maguire-Davidson with 1,800 downloads. Like me, Casey was caught in the corporate work-hard-play-hard culture, as well as the mommy juice trend, using alcohol to cope with stress and anxiety and becoming more and more dependent over the years. But somehow we both found our way out of that trap and now we're finding joy in helping other people to do the same. Casey and I talk about the strong women that we come across in our sober communities and how many of those women managed to hold it all together through the drinking years. Once we're liberated from the shackles of alcohol addiction, there's no stopping us. We go on to achieve great things. And we agree that yes, sobriety is definitely a superpower. You can catch Casey on Tribe Sober Podcast episode 66 on Apple or via the link in the show notes. I think that it's so great that you are creating this community of people that are doing it along the way, because I think that is probably your, your secret sauce. Because when people are going through difficulty, the research is showing that if you have someone with you on the journey, you are much more likely to succeed than the people who are doing it by themselves. And the power, like I said, in the book, social, the power of that social connection and people who understand the journey and feel your pain, feel your joy, celebrate with you, you are much, much more likely to achieve a goal than if you're just out there on your own. Coming in at number seven is neuroscientist Stacey Dunford, which also has 1,800 listens. Stacy is a neuroscientist who loves working with the sober community. In this episode, she shares some really practical and useful information about our brain. Stacy explains how our primitive lizard brain will go on autopilot unless we intervene. She calls her lizard brain Earl and calls him out if he tries to hijack her behavior. She confirmed that our hashtag Sober66 challenge is long enough to create a new neural pathway which will change our drinking patterns. And she also said that the secret source of our challenges is the community support. So our next hashtag Sober66 challenge starts on the 20th of March. Just go to tribesober.com and you'll see the sign-up box on the homepage. You can catch Stacey's episode on Apple Podcasts, episode 57, or via the link in the show notes. But it is that wake-up call, I think, that we're all getting at this stage of life where we kind of just go, wait a minute, the party's over, <laughs> but we're still going, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's, that's what it was for me. I was literally sitting on the couch drinking. I wasn't 
going out. I mean, we would we would be, of course, at holidays, family get-togethers, every event that ever was social or you know anything that I could do to drink through, I would do. I mean, I, I used alcohol to get me primed before I went during coming home from anything, I was still drinking. You know, it was just that alcohol was the center of my attentions. Next up in our top 10 is Laurie Massicott, also with 1,800 listens. Laurie is a midlife sobriety coach. I discovered her when I found her podcast, which is called To 50 and Beyond. It's a podcast aimed at women in midlife, where she highlights the beauty of ageing and the freedom that comes with an alcohol-free lifestyle. I was 63 when I finally ditched the booze, so as you can imagine, we had a great conversation about how giving up alcohol is one of the best things we can do for ourselves as we get older. Let's remember that 20% of social drinkers will become dependent over the years. That's exactly what happened to me and to most of our tribe members who are now busy supporting each other and changing their lives. So if you want to improve your health and increase your happiness, just go to tribesober.com and hit join our tribe. You can catch Laurie's episode on Apple Podcasts episode 72 or via the link in the show notes. I stopped drinking only because of you. And as a fun challenge to do the January dry challenge, then it became six months, and I thought, oh, this is cool. I could last for six months, and then I drank again. And then I tried a second time for fun to quit um, just to, you know, take a break. And and now I think it is inadvertently permanent, not by design, but just by habit. So in the last 12 to 14 months, I've had one glass of wine, and that's it, and I don't think I will have another. Next up is South African journalist and broadcaster Eusebius McKaiser, also with 1,800 downloads. He signed up for our Dry January fundraiser a few years ago, and much to his surprise, he's maintained his sobriety since then. We first met when I was on his radio show years ago. I was reading out my goodbye to alcohol letter. A goodbye letter is a cathartic and powerful ritual that can help us draw a line under our drinking years. During our conversation, Eusebius shared the benefits that he is experiencing and explained how he substituted different kinds of music for alcohol to stimulate the right mood when he's writing. You can find that episode via the link in the show notes or on Apple Podcasts episode 29. Eusebius and I also recorded another Tribe Sober podcast episode together, called Busting Sobriety Myths. That's episode 77 on Apple Podcasts. It can take quite a few years to become addicted to it, but what happens is when you do learn that there is an unpleasant feeling when one drink wears off and you need another dose to relieve that feeling, at that point, you're going to find it incredibly hard to moderate or to cut down or to do anything other than quit entirely because, as I say, every drink gives the desire for the next one. And for me, that's where the line is crossed because anyone who ever drank alcohol had a withdrawal from it. 
you know, no matter how mild or occasional a drinker, their brain will adjust to that alcohol. And when it wears off, there'll be a, a feeling of anxiety. Now, it might be so minor that it's almost imperceptible, but it is there. But where we start to have problems is when either consciously or subconsciously, we notice that feeling and we know that we need another drink to get rid of it. And as I say, when you've learned that, it's learnt behaviour and what's learnt cannot be unlearned. When you learn that, you're constantly then having to fight a battle to resist having the next drink. So now we're at number four with 2,000 downloads and it's another podcast about anxiety. The title is Why We Get Anxiety and my guest was William Porter. We talked about anxiety and how it's caused by chemical changes in our brain when it becomes oversensitized. If you drink a bottle of wine every night, then your brain will take that first glass as a signal that the rest of the bottle is coming. And that's why moderation is so difficult and it's exhausting as we're thinking about it all the time. As William explains, dependency happens once we learn, consciously or subconsciously, that another drink will quell the anxiety, which ironically has been caused by the first glass. I learnt about fading effect bias from William. We talk about that a lot in our community. Fading effect bias, or FAB for short, is responsible for so many people falling off the wagon, as after a few months of sobriety, they now feel as if they could have just one. Spoiler alert, they probably can't. William also explains that it's a complete myth that alcohol helps you to sleep. The truth is that it ruins our sleep. This conversation is on episode 50 on Apple Podcasts or you can access it via the link in the show notes. It starts on the day I quit drinking and I, it, was, it, was a, it was a bad day. I woke up um, the day after my birthday party so I had a really bad hangover obviously and um, I went down to my kitchen and my kids were all making loads of racket and I had a terrible headache and I remember thinking you know that the only thing that would make the headache go away is is hair of the dog sort of another drink but it was too early to pour a drink because you know, I thought, you know, I had this hard and fast rule at the time. I had many hard and fast rules, but the main one was you never, ever drink before midday. You know, no, whether you're on holiday, whether it's the weekend, whatever, never before midday. And it was about 11 o'clock in the morning. And I just couldn't work out how I was going to get from 11 o'clock to 12 o'clock um, with this terrible headache and all this racket and feeling really you know, just generally awful. And I opened the cupboard and there was a tiny, tiny bit of red wine left in a bottle, which I saw as a sign because I rarely ever left anything in the bottom of a bottle. And I thought, okay, well, I'll just drink that inch of red wine and that might just take the edge off. And I reached into a cupboard, another cupboard and pulled out a mug because I thought, well, then the kids won't know that I'm drinking red wine rather than, than something acceptable like coffee. So uh, I poured the red wine into this mug and drank it. And I did feel a bit better, sort of almost immediately. And then I looked at the mug and it said on it, the world's best mum. You know, I felt so ashamed of myself that I haven't had a drink since then. That was, the, yeah, that was the very last drink I had. And that was six years ago now. So now we're up to our top three. 
At number three, we've got the fabulous Claire Pooley with 2,100 downloads. Claire is the author of The Sober Diaries and a wonderful example of how your dreams can come true when you ditch the booze. Claire's sober blog not only helped her to stay on track, but it attracted a publishing deal which led to her book, The Sober Diaries. She then went on to write two further novels. Her childhood dream was to be an author, and now she is. Claire's top tip was to reconfigure her day. In early sobriety, she used to go to bed at 7pm. That meant she managed to avoid the evening drinking and she got up at 5am feeling great. As cooking the evening meal was a big temptation for her, she cooked it in the morning and heated it up in the evening. That just shows how creative you can get when you're finding ways to avoid temptation. She wrote an amazing blog called The Obstacle Course. The blog went viral and it's essential reading in early sobriety. I'll put the link in the show notes. In that blog, Claire's key message is to keep going however difficult it gets. Stopping and starting simply means that you're doing the hardest bit over and over. And your subconscious is registering that sobriety is no fun at all. Just keep pushing through. And as she says, after six months of sobriety, you'll begin to get glimpses of just how awesome alcohol-free life can be. The episode is number 39 in Apple Podcasts, and there's a link in the show notes. You're listening to a podcast from Tribe Sober. If you'd like to join our warm and welcoming community, just head on over to tribesober.com and hit the membership tab. That's www.tribesober.com. I'd gone away for the weekend with some friends, some pretty boozy friends, apart from my poor, long-suffering husband. And there we were. We arrived on the Friday, lots of drinking on that Friday evening, uh, started the Saturday morning with bubbly, drinking all day Saturday, and then waking up Sunday feeling absolutely terrible, having breakfast with everybody, pretending that I was absolutely fine, doing the British stiff upper lip thing. And I said in a little chirpy voice, I said, why don't we walk to the next village? We can check out a house there that I've heard about. It's supposed to be beautiful and maybe we can rent it next time we come this way. So there was a weird kind of hush and everybody looked at me and they said, well, Janet, we did that yesterday afternoon. You were with us. You were walking okay, talking okay. Surely you remember. And I had absolutely no memory of this quite long walk. And I really racked my brains and and I realized that I'd lost about six hours of the previous day. And for some reason, that really scared me. At number two is my story, how I quit drinking and started a tribe with 2,200 downloads. I talk about my long struggle with alcohol, how I nearly drowned by passing out in my bath at the tender age of 25 and carried on drinking how I got breast cancer in my 50s and carried on drinking, and how a walking, talking blackout scared me so much I finally quit drinking. I talk about my quest for sobriety, my failure as an AA member, and how I finally got sober. I share my motivation for founding Tribe Sober in 2015, and also read out my goodbye to alcohol letter. 
This was the very first episode of the Tribe Sober podcast, so it's episode one in Apple Podcasts or via the link in the show notes. And now we're at number one. People often find podcasts by googling keywords, so the fact that our most popular podcast was called How to Stop Binge Drinking would indicate that a lot of people find themselves without an off switch once they start drinking. I was certainly in that category. A couple of glasses every evening and probably a binge once a week. If you've ever wondered exactly how much you have to drink to constitute a binge, you may be surprised to learn that binge drinking is defined as consuming four or more drinks on one occasion for women or five or more drinks on one occasion for men. Australian sobriety coach Catherine Elliott was a binge drinker and her podcast, which is called How to Stop Binge Drinking, came in at number one with 2,300 downloads. Binge drinkers generally seem to have talked themselves out of the fact that they have a drinking problem. They often see themselves as normalish drinkers because it has been normalised in society. And so for me, one of the turning points was really self-responsibility for a drinking problem and that binge drinking is as much of a problem as other um, alcohol use disorders. And I think once binge drinkers realise that, that actually helps them to take steps to start to look at their own patterns of drinking. Catherine was trapped in a cycle with her drinking. She'd go for it, she'd recover, go for it and recover again. She didn't really see this as a problem, even when she started having blackouts at 16, some blackouts which involved driving. If you listened to last week's Tribe Sober episode with Professor Nutt, you can hear him explaining the science behind blackouts. And the scary fact is that blackouts can actually lead to brain damage. Catherine could go for weeks without drinking, and challenges like dry January were easy for her. But she would always see these dry periods as permission to binge before and afterwards. As Catherine looks back on those short periods of abstinence, she realises they did nothing to help her understand her binge drinking habit. Women need to understand that binge drinking is particularly dangerous, as it can take up to a month for our liver to recover from a heavy drinking session. We tend to think that once the hangover's gone, we can start drinking again, but that just piles more damage on top of the existing damage. So if you're worried about your binge drinking, please connect with Tribe Sober. Just go to tribesober.com and hit join our tribe. So that's our top 10 podcast episodes. Thank you to our amazing guests and of course to all our listeners. I'll be back next week. Ditching the drink is like climbing a mountain. It's hard, it takes courage and grit, and an experienced guide. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've climbed that mountain, and we know the view from the top is amazing. We've used our experience to put together a unique membership program that will support you all the way. We've got challenges, chat rooms, sober buddies, trackers, and milestone awards, and that's just for starters. So head on over to tribesober.com and check out our membership program. It's the essential resource for anyone looking to ditch the drink and change their life.